This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is me, Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv. You can join us at Pain.tv slash gold. Just a little bit of housekeeping here. We are going to be trying something new with the way that we drop the show on Megaphone, which is our podcast sort of storage hub slash syndicator that pushes it out to Apple Podcasts and such. So... I believe the show is now going to drop at um, midnight, so it comes out uh, technically in the morning uh, for the fresh show, and then it will be dropped again at night at like 8 p.m., and then the new show will come out at midnight. I think that's how it's going to work. I'm not really sure. I had a meeting with Commander Payne over at Payne.tv headquarters, and because we are dealing with some censorship issues in regards to our podcast, we are trying some new hacks to get around the technocrats and whatever games they are playing, which none of us will ever really know. But uh, as I've told you before, Peter Thiel is a big backer of Spotify, which now owns Megaphone. So there's going to be some changes there. Also, I'm going to be dropping something called the Dustin Gold Nugget, I believe. We'll call it that, at least for now. And that'll be sort of a 10, 12-minute summary of 
the show today uh, with some other stuff, and that will drop over on the thomaspain.com podcast channel, and then you can listen to the full show the way you have been on the Dust and Gold Standard channel, and then all of the video content is available at pain.tv slash gold. Anyway, this is what you have to do when you are truly independent, and you are fighting the technocrats and talking about their dear leaders like Peter Thiel, of which... I am going to give you a little bit of information on a story I started working on last night connected to, focused on Peter Thiel, as that's what we're moving into. Uh, And I will do that momentarily before we get into finishing the article that we began covering yesterday on the history of transhumanism in Silicon Valley. And also... Also, I mentioned while we were analyzing that article yesterday that I had saw something in there that provoked some interest in me looking into whether or not Operation Paperclip Nazis, the 1,500 Nazi scientists and engineers who are government through the CIA, brought over to the United States following World War II, of which we're going to get into detail on this. But essentially what happened was right after World War II, our government started bringing these Nazi scientists and engineers into the United States to start running government programs like NASA. And part of the reason they've stated over the years that they did this was they were prepping now for what would become the Cold War with Russia. And so, as we uh, conquered Germany, there was already these predetermined lines set up of France, United Kingdom, Russia, and United States, and what pieces of uh, Germany they were going to get. And so, we allowed the Soviet Union to come in there with communism and take over a lot of that territory, uh, even take over Poland, as any of you who've listened to the show know I'm familiar with Poland because my wife is from there and moved here to the United States when she was 19 to go to college and be an au pair. But uh, the United States said they had to bring in these Nazis so that we could utilize them to run some of our most secret programs and we could get their missile technology and all of their uh, weapon technologies so that we could use it in the uh, coming Cold War against Russia. And so... What we found in the article yesterday as we were analyzing it was that Silicon Valley started to be built up right after World War II in part with military money. So I started doing a little digging last night to see if anyone had ever written about Operation Paperclip being connected to Silicon Valley because I think it would be quite interesting and pretty groundbreaking if we were the first show to uncover operation paperclip nazis being involved with silicon valley which now has over 500 companies that are there backed by the cia through its investment firm in meaning that all of the technology in which we're interacting with daily including google maps which is pretty much on all of our phones and which uh, like 80% of the country uses for GPS, which was founded within QTEL money and then taken over by Google to run it and expand it would be quite interesting if we knew that all the technology we're interacting with daily comes from 
the Nazis. And I know many of you will sit there and say, oh, let's see, she's going to start playing up on the Holocaust, folks. That has nothing to do with it. Okay, I have my own theories on uh, that whole situation, which I can't get into on the public show, but it would still be interesting to know that our own government brought Nazis in that had influence over Silicon Valley, started building all this technology that now we're walking around being monitored by daily and willingly by carrying our phones, wearing our Fitbits, our iWatches, which I don't wear, but that the Nazis basically run the prison planet in which we live in. We know that Nazi technology, uh, eugenics programs play right into a lot of the technology we've already reviewed here from creating super soldiers and superhumans and genetic modification, you know, CRISPR-Cas9, mind you know, uh, reading, mind uploading, and all of this other Frankenstein technology that we are hearing about daily now. So don't worry, I'm on that. I found a couple authors who didn't write specifically about that, but seem to know a lot about Operation Paperclip. And I am in the process of reaching out to people I would like to bring on as guests soon, now that we've sort of laid a foundation uh, of the core information that we're going to be covering for a while. I'd like to get some guests on that um that play into that so yesterday um my wife and i know you're all interested but no it's part of being part of the natural life and uh and um taking pride in natural life and health and everything so we go to the ymca it's better than the big corporate gyms and so we go to a lot of aqua classes because she's pregnant. She's due in a couple of months. So we do a lot of aqua water stuff. So we did our deep water classes. It's like aerobics in the deep water with a floaty on. And, uh, you know, it's pretty strenuous. So we do those pretty much every day of the week. And then tonight we've got a meeting with our midwife because we use a midwifery instead of a hospital. And hopefully uh, the owner of the midwifery is going to come on the show, uh, show soon and talk about that. And then we have a class after it's called the bradley class basically it's a 10 part class once a week a couple hours a week on uh, natural birth uh and so so it's a lot of people that are giving natural birth not using drugs or painkillers and so we've got that class which is actually run by our doula who's the woman we hired to help along with the midwife so she kind of coaches my wife along the way and the midwives are looking out for her so we're doing everything in our life folks to stay natural and to stay as close to natural life as possible and that's all part of the theme of this show of living one foot in the matrix and one foot out of the matrix so if you're going to talk the talk you have to walk the walk and we are doing that over here in the gold household folks all right let me show you because I always like to use this as a teaching moment. So last night, because we've been covering the do not pay.com story, and I have more coming on that soon, uh, I'm in the process of trying to get to Lee Stranahan, who many of you may know from Twitter or the Citizen Journalism School, and Lee Stranahan uh has done extensive research on bill browder and what we found out from a friend of ours over at pain.tv slash gold that bill browder is in fact the father of joshua browder 
who is the attorney, the young attorney who runs do not pay.com and who received the Peter Thiel fellowship grant to drop out of college and start do not pay. And then as soon as that was running out, Peter Thiel invested roughly $5 million into do not pay to help launch that company. And for those of you who haven't listened, I've covered this over the last couple of episodes. And so do not pay Basically, their mission statement is to put lawyers out of business, but it's a lot trickier than that, folks, because what they're doing is they're getting you, the consumer, to upload your personal information, driver's license, social security numbers, you know, if you're going to fight your traffic tickets, if you're going to... fight uh, any of the services, the legal services that they're offering online, and we'll go more into depth on that in a future show, you're going to upload all that personal data to Do Not Pay, but Do Not Pay is in effect owned by Peter Thiel. And as you all know, Peter Thiel is a huge government contractor. He owns Palantir. Palantir was started with InQtel uh, CIA money. And Palantir is currently partnered with the IRS on a $100 million contract to help track down, you know, tax cheats, which the way the software works, it will identify everyone as a tax cheat because it's going through all of our personal and business financial transactions, phone records, social media accounts, and such. And so I did a PSA and a warning, do not upload your data to do not pay.com because God only knows what Peter Thiel is actually doing with that data. And as you'll sh- see, because I'm going to cover this in the first two segments here, and then we're going to get back to the story, uh, Peter Thiel is involved with a lot of stuff, folks. I mean, we have to go into the history of Thiel, which in, in part we're doing through that article, his history in transhumanism and technocracy. But I also have to show you what he's doing today uh, because some of this is just coming to my attention, and I have to warn you, that's part of what I like to do on the show is make you aware of what these technocrats are doing so you can try to avoid this stuff and warn the people in your life that you love and care about not to get baited. So we've got the do not pay story going on. Again, do not upload any data to do not pay.com unless you want that being given to Peter Thiel and possibly filtered back into the IRS. Now, let me show you this story i was up on the screen last night this is just how i work right so maria albanese sends me a story and i immediately start doing some research and i pull up a list of articles that i have up on the screen uh, some screen grabs that i took and so before we get into her article i just want to read this one to you this came out of forbes and this is a quote from peter thiel to forbes it says now remember we hit the great reset with covid right and then we were entering into what klaus schwab and the world economic forum and the business leaders and such would call the fourth industrial revolution which is this time period that is a bridge acts as a bridge between the third industrial era and the fourth industrial era and so Klaus wrote a book in 2016 called The Force Industrial Revolution. Okay. And then he's got his king philosopher, Yuval Noah Harari. I'm sorry, Yuval Noah Harari running around saying, Humans have no spirit. Humans have no soul. Humans have no free will. You are a hackable animal. You are a useless human. We will mine your data. We will hack your body. Data is the new gold. 
It used to be property, but those that control the data will be the gods of the new era. And so these are the guys who we are up against. Now, I want to tell you, back during the transition between Trump and Biden, John Kerry, who was Biden's climate advisor, went over to the World Economic Forum and told, you know, this does not mean Trump was not involved, but the World Economic Forum asked if Joe Biden would be on board with the Great Reset and effectively the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And John Kerry said, not only will he be on board, he will help accelerate the Great Reset. And now we know Joe Biden's Build Back Better slogan was coming directly out of the UN agendas and out of the World Economic Forum. But let's look at what Peter Thiel said. He said, quote, there seems to be a lot of pretty crazy froth, and it's going to take years for some of these companies to grow into the valuations, end quote, Thiel tells Forbes, quote, but I keep thinking the other side of it is that one should think of COVID and the crisis of this year as this giant watershed moment where this is the first year of the 21st century. This is the year in which the new economy is actually replacing the old economy. Folks, the new economy is replacing the old economy. Build back better. Remember the slogans they were using with the schools? Reimagine. It was time to reimagine. They were using that in New York City, New York State, other places. Well, the bridge, as I told you, between the third industrial era and the fourth industrial era is the fourth industrial revolution. And Peter Thiel is right here in a quote to Forbes saying, this is the year in which the new economy is actually replacing the old economy. And as we've been covering here, thanks to many of our little news trolls out there that send me information on Twitter and at pain.tv slash gold, you see the technologies that Maria Albanese and I and Mike Moore have been covering on Thomas Paine Podcast and the Dustin Gold Standard for quite some time, you're starting to see the frictionless shopping. You're starting to see this sort of spyware anti-theft technology. You're seeing the the uh, meatless plant-based burgers. You're seeing it come to fruition. All of this stuff was laid out in Klaus Schwab's false industrial revolution in 2016, which we will review. But folks, there it is. Peter Thiel right there all excited about the new economy replacing the old economy and when i come back from this break you are going to be blown away when i show you this fork-tongued snake peter thiel and what he's involved with as far as covid goes while he's backing a mega influencer who claims to be against covid folks you need to hear this ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break, and I'm super excited about today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv slash gold. And as I just read to you folks, I just read to you this quote. Let me put it back up on the screen from Peter Thiel, where he said, this is the year in which the new economy is actually replacing the old economy. A signal that he is definitely on board with what was the Great Reset and the Force Industrial Revolution. And he would make Klaus Schwab proud. That may be a reason why he's on the steering committee of building Bilderberg and stuff. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that in uh, future episodes. But let me go back to my notes here that I have up on the screen with a handful of articles. And let me just start off with what uh, Maria had sent me. Maria Albanese, the wonderful co-host over at the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays. And she had sent me this article from Vice. And it says here, Peter Thiel's investment firm is backing a menstrual cycle-focused femtech company. A menstrual cycle-focused femtech company. Now, I don't know. I don't want to get gross with this stuff, uh, but I think we're adults enough to, to talk about the menstrual cycle. But we've heard this come up. A couple of times in the last year, I would think, one, you would think of menstrual cycles connected to the big battle that was going on with, uh, you know, the abortion uh, Supreme Court battle. And two, we heard there was effects on a woman's menstrual cycle related to COVID-19, quote unquote, vaccines. And we saw some of that come out in some of the Johnson Johnson Pfizer papers, I believe. I don't cover a lot of COVID stuff. Uh, Mike over at Thomas Paine Podcast handles that. So I don't go too deep into it. Eventually, you know, in our stories like this, it will intersect with the work that we're doing. And so let me just read a little bit of this article because we're going to cover this more in depth tomorrow. This is kind of a preview for you because I was so excited about the research, I decided that I was going to share it. So again, Peter Thiel's investment firm is backing a menstrual cycle-focused femtech company. EV Magazine is COVID-skeptical, transphobic, and obsessed with traditional womanhood. Now, with Teal Capital's help, they're launching a wellness company based on menstrual cycles. Okay, again, this is Peter Thiel with Palantir, who got money and was started by uh, CIA via InQtel who is contracted with the government every which way from Sunday. I will show you that shortly. Working with the IRS, and now he's backing what appears to be sort of this anti-COVID magazine. Let me give you just a little background here from the article first before I show you. Uh, some of the connections here. On September 1st, EV Magazine, which strives to be the conservative answer to Cosmo and which promotes COVID denialism and vaccine misinformation. Again, this is what the vice says. I don't necessarily agree with the fact that it's uh, COVID denialism or vaccine misinformation, but it matters to the story. This is why I have to tell you. Uh, soft focus transphobia and a weird obsession with organ meats announced a new venture 
28, a femtech company offering workouts and nutritional tips based on users' menstrual cycles and which requires those users to enter information about the first day of their last period. The week prior, TechCrunch announced the new venture's biggest funder, the investment firm Teal Capital, which led the latest $3.2 million funding round and whose founder, Peter Thiel, has a variety of other interests. In parentheses, those include of late funding the MAGA movement to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. Okay, and that you're going to see here, you're going to see here why this is all very important. I mean, are you ladies or are you gentlemen comfortable with your girlfriend, with your wife, with your daughter uploading information about their menstrual cycle to Peter Thiel? <clears throat> just think about that. That is the question here. Now, the other question, and let me just prove to you first. So I'm going back to my notes here. And as you see, I've got a link, evmagazine.com search. So I already did a search query on here of COVID-19. So I wanted to make sure that the Vice article was not lying. And how do you do that? You go check the source, evmagazine.com. That's E-V-I-E magazine.com. And so I'm just looking at 151 results for COVID. Um, article COVID mandates are turning Australia into a police state. Okay, that's like on our side. That would be sort of anti-COVID land. Uh, CDC is deciding whether to recommend Moderna's COVID vaccine to kids of all ages. I read this article. I skimmed it, and it's it's an article on our side of the argument. Uh, Nicki Minaj skips Met Gala to stay with her baby amid COVID. Says you shouldn't get bullied into getting a vaccine. Okay, I remember when that whole story ran. Uh, that's pretty much on our side of things. How the UK government weaponized behavioral psychology during COVID to make people compliant okay that's that's basically making our case the police state we've got don't gain the covid19 try these free home fitness streaming options instead so it was like workout tips during covid19 uh not to put on weight well whatever that uh, fits with her lifestyle brand we've got nba player andrew wiggins regrets taking the covid vaccine and says it wasn't my choice okay again in line with us coachella and stagecoach draw uh, just dropped all of their covid restrictions no mass vaccinations or tests required Okay, again, that's like a positive story for us. So you can keep going down here. Here's another article. The government is lying about COVID-19 to keep the lockdowns going. Uh, why can the elderly choose euthanasia but not the risk of getting COVID? Nearly half of women who took Pfizer COVID trial vaccine experienced a miscarriage. COVID-19 has eerie parallels to V for Vendetta. Okay, you get the point, right? So this EV magazine... You know, uh, Vice, although spinning it into their own narrative or whatever, that it's misinformation. But Vice is correct. Her website is very sort of anti-COVID. Uh, I wouldn't say vaccine misinformation, probably vaccine truth. So you'd say to yourself, okay, so Peter Thiel is getting behind someone who is anti covid he must be a good guy right that's what maga world would be led to believe he backed president trump and then 
he's now getting behind this uh, sort of MAGA anti-COVID influencer. Let's just read a little bit further. In the past, of course, Thiel has personally expressed some attention-grabbing thoughts about both women and health technology. In a 2009 essay, Thiel famously expressed the opinion that giving women the right to vote made the country less libertarian and thus worse. Now, he actually said that, you know, whatever. I mean, that kind of stuff I usually uh, ignore, but we can get into that later. And as Inc. Magazine reported in 2016, Thiel reportedly expressed an interest in having young people's blood transfused into his own body as a potential fountain of youth. A year later, people connected with Thiel Capital began making the rounds to deny that story, not very convincingly. Okay, well, we know that's true because Peter Thiel owns a company called Ambrosia, which is the Greek term for the concoction that the gods drank for immortality. And so that company is focused on taking young people's blood and injecting it into older people. Here, I'll pull this ink article up for you, uh, video audience viewers. Uh, well, of course, there we go. I always got to get these ads that pop up on here. Uh, ink, uh, Peter Thiel is very, very interested in young people's blood. The contrarian venture capitalist believes transfusions may hold the key to his dream of living forever. I'm not going to go into that because we're going to cover it in a future episode, but I just wanted to show you there that Peter Thiel is invested in young blood transfusions. As you know from what we covered so far, and as I taught you, Peter Thiel has been involved with investing in anti-aging technology for almost two decades now. So, Vice is not lying here, okay? Let's just go a little bit further into this so you can learn about this girl, Evie, before I pull up the good stuff and show you what Theo really believes about COVID, although you already know he was really excited about this opportunity for the Great Reset and move from the third industrial era to the fourth industrial era, but now he's backing this woman who seems to be anti-COVID, but you need to know where he really stands on COVID because one of the running themes of Peter Thiel on this show is that he is a hypocrite, uh, if not just a very savvy crony capital, uh, capitalist who hedges his bets. But no, folks, he is more devious than that. Uh, let's finish uh, up this piece of the article here. It says that and Thiel's traditional interest in Panopticon technology makes Thiel Capital a curiously appropriate choice to partner with EV Magazine and its founder, Brittany Hugaboom, a model and TikTok influencer turned conservative media entrepreneur. See that? She was an influencer turned conservative media entrepreneur. Who's behind her? Well, at least we know it's Peter Thiel. Uh, Hugaboom uses her maiden name Martinez as an EV byline and a Twitter handle and her married name on TikTok. In an announcement on EV, Hugaboom called 28, which is this company that Teal is now partnered with, a natural extension of Evie's mission, writing that the magazine has already, quote, raised awareness around the negative impact of hormonal birth control on our bodies and helped women find healthier and more natural alternatives in a time when the subject is considered off limits by women's media, end quote. 
She linked to two of the many articles Evie has written on the purported dangers of hormonal birth control and touting so-called, quote, natural family planning, end quote, which is, you know, what we're involved with. But it goes, but, but again, this isn't about her. This is about why Peter Thiel is behind her. But you have to know a little bit about her and then say, how does her mission align with Peter Thiel? Quote, now that we've introduced you to what we're calling feminine fitness, the philosophy that you should be exercising and eating according to your cycle, we're incredibly excited and proud to reveal the launch of our brand 28 by Evie, end quote. 28 promises to provide, quote, personalized streaming workouts, nutrition profiles, and science-based horoscope-like insights for women designed around the four phases of the natural cycle end quote, by which they mean the menstrual cycle. Hookaboom adds, quote, our tech uses nature to determine where you are in your cycle and customizes your daily routine to satisfy your body's physical and hormonal needs, end quote. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. It continues to say the tech in question is not specified, but 28 does require a few specific things for its users. Namely, despite not being a period tracking app, basic information about users' menstrual cycles. It also says that, quote, 28 software relies on user input in order to track their cycle. That data is then stored and moved behind secure storage methods and transfer protocols, end quote, without detailing what those are. The menstrual information is required because the app relies on the pseudoscientific idea that different types of exercise are required for different times in the menstrual cycle, a notion not particularly supported by science. Now, I don't know that uh, because I did not research that yet. But let's just look at this quickly. Both Hugaboom and her husband, Gabriel, posted announcements about the launch of the company on Instagram. In his post, Gabriel sang the praises of Peter Thiel and referred to him personally, not Thiel Capital, as 28's lead investor. Besides his role as founder of Evie, Hugaboom appears to be an aspiring musician and actor who, per IMDb, most recently appeared in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. That does not matter, but it goes to show you these are actors or aspiring actors. So as the husband said, quote, Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One, you can look that up if you haven't heard of it. Everybody touts that book that's in this venture game, Uh, sits on the shelf of every hopeful entrepreneur looking to start a company and solve a problem in the world, end quote, Hugaboom wrote. Quote, it's a must read. Peter was Facebook's first investor, founded PayPal, and his fund is one of the great American venture capitalist firms that has funded many of the world's most successful companies like SpaceX. It's wild that he is now our lead investor at 28, the femtech company my wife and I started and have been working on for the past few years. So as you can see, in the words of one of the founders of this company, Peter Thiel, is invested in this 28, which is focused on 
grabbing data on women's menstrual cycles and you're going to get a lot of MAGA types over there people like myself or my wife that are interested in natural birth and so all of a sudden you suck in the natural life natural birthers into an app owned by a cia oligarch peter thiel and now you're giving all of your menstrual data information to thiel through his puppet now this woman i don't know if she's good or bad or however she started i have no judgments on her she is now working for peter thiel utilizing her natural life brand to bring in menstrual cycle data to peter thiel as she purports to be anti-covid against the lockdowns against the police state but when we come back from the break before we jump back in the article let me blow your mind for a minute with what peter thiel has actually been working on while he's investing in people like her to go after your wife's your girlfriend's your mother's your daughter's menstrual cycle information I'm going to take a quick break on this cycle right here. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, here we are. We made it through another break. And I am back and well watered and ready to rock and roll right here. On the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv slash gold, where you can get the ad-free video version of this podcast and look at all my wonderful notes and graphics and articles and videos. And you can also get access to the Thomas Payne podcast video show as well. Ladies and gentlemen, let me pull my notes back up on the screen. I just read you that article of Vice. I just had to prime you for what's to come. So you see Peter Thiel, he backs Donald Trump, he backs the MAGA movement, and now he's backing this influencer who he's anti-COVID lockdowns, who's against the police state, and she's just trying to help women like you, or your wife, or your mother, or your child, or whatever uh exercise appropriately and in line with their 28-day menstrual cycle and so thiel is a good guy he must be against uh, covid and lockdowns and everything else because why else would he back this woman let's just take a look at the first article here i have pulled up this is forbes folks This is Forbes, March 2020, March 31st. So this is right when COVID kicks off. It says right here, Palantir. And I'm not going to go into detail on these because I'm going to do this for tomorrow's show as the lead-in to the next phase of Peter Thiel. It says right here, Palantir, the $20 billion Peter Thiel-backed big data giant who I told you was partnered with the IRS That deal came through a $100 million contract in 2018 under the Trump administration. He's tracking down tax cheats, all of us. 
because there's so many laws on the books, so many regulations on the books. Everyone is a tax cheat at the end of the day, whether you know you're not uh, or you know you are. You are one in the eyes of the IRS and Palantir. And again, Palantir was started by the CIA through InQtel money. So it says here, Peter Thiel, back big data giant, is providing coronavirus monitoring to the CDC. So March 2020, COVID had just started. Peter Thiel was already providing coronavirus monitoring to the CDC. Let me close that article. I don't want to get drawn in. I'm just going to show you some headlines I pulled up here, folks. This is important stuff because the guy who's behind this EV magazine app that purports to be natural life and she is against COVID lockdowns is backed now by Peter Thiel. This is a Bloomberg article, okay? This is June 5th, 2020, and it says... Peter Thiel's Palantir is given access to United Kingdom's health data on COVID-19 patients. Thiel co-founded company gets contacts, race, religion info. Data mining company has drawn scrutiny of privacy advocates. Do you see what's going on here, folks? Okay, let's close this one. Let's go to the next article I pulled up for you. This is theregister.com. This is May 2022, okay? Not long ago. Palantir expands from COVID roll, wins $90 million deal with U.S. Department of Health. Controversial analytics company sees expansion into healthcare continuing. And I'll just read you the headline here. Peter Thiel, founded analytics company Palantir, has won a $90 million five-year contract with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for a holistic enterprise data project. Okay? According to Palantir's statement, the agreement marks the expansion of Palantir's scope of work at HHS and is distinct from the company's work on COVID-19-related health projects. This is the man who's now backing this woman who is anti-COVID, and he's now collecting your daughter's menstrual cycle information if, God forbid, she signs up for this app. Meanwhile, he runs Do Not Pay, where normal people are giving these freaks, Bill Browder's son, access to their personal information, and legal battles. Okay, let's look at this article here. Let's see if this pulls up. This is on Jan Japrenor, okay? Privateer Holdings investor Peter Thiel tapped for federal COVID-19 tracking database. Okay, now let's look at the next one we've got. Wall Street Journal. Here we go. Peter Thiel's Palantir saw coronavirus coming. Now it braces for the impact. This is an article from April 2020, a month after COVID kicked off. Plans for an IPO this year, that's of Palantir, uh, are up in the air as the data firm deals with spending cuts by corporate clients. Now, hold on. Let's see, because Wall Street Journal likes to make you pay. And I'll have to, tomorrow I'll have this pulled up. But basically, this article goes into the fact that 
Palantir predicted COVID-19 coming and evacuated all their offices around the world and forced all their employees into four-week quarantines, okay? This is Peter Thiel, the guy who's now backing EV Magazine. Let's look at this. This is a Vanity Fair article that we have for you here. It says right here, this is April 2020, same time as that last article. Peter Thiel's creepy tech firm is helping the government track coronavirus. Palantir, co-founded by the billionaire Trump supporter, is reportedly playing a key role collecting data as the president seeks to reopen the country. Okay, let's pull up this article here. This is Forbes. To fight coronavirus, this city is asking 9-11 callers to agree to self-surveillance. Uh-oh, this is written in May, uh, sorry, March 2020, right when COVID kicked off. It says on a regular day in New Orleans, 9-11 Communications Center, 45 people answer approximately 2,500 emergency calls, but, day, uh, but days are anything but regular right now. Starting on March 16, 2020, emerging responders in the city of New Orleans are adapting to the new normal amidst the coronavirus pandemic by testing out Carbine, an Israeli startup providing next-generation 9-11 tech founded by 35-year-old entrepreneur Amir Elichai. And what is here, folks, with Carbine, this Israeli tech company? These responders are now using a tool built in part by former members of Israelis' military intelligence, Elikai being one, that's backed by Peter Thiel's Founders Fund, former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, who is now the company's chairman, and a small passive investment from deceased multimillionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. So Thiel, involved with Epstein, involved with Israeli military intelligence, backing this company Carbine. This is just the tip of the iceberg, folks, but we can't get into it today. Being used to help with tracking and data analytics during the very first days of COVID-19. But folks, 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 it only continues here. Right here, we have an article on Reuters. Thiel-backed venture firm Mithril seeks to nominate candidates for a Dago's board. What's a Dago? Oh, let's take a look here, folks. A Dago and this company, Abcelera, and Moderna team up to develop antibody, ther- uh, antibody therapies. Peter Thiel backed Abcelera Biologics Inc. said on Wednesday it had entered a multi-year agreement with COVID-19 vaccine Moderna Inc. to develop antibody therapies for multiple diseases. The biotech company said Moderna would have rights to develop and sell the antibodies based on its mRNA technology resulting from the collaboration. This is from September 2021. Closing that down. Let me just see because I believe I pulled some. Uh, here we go. Here's a little snippet I grabbed you. Peter Thiel joins Abcelera's board of directors. This is from November 2020. Peter has been a valued Abcelera investor and brings deep experience in scaling global technologies companies, said Carl Hansen. 
And over here, if you look at Abcellera, up on the screen, folks, Abcellera Biologics, Inc. is a Vancouver, British Columbia-based biotechnology firm that researchers are that researches and develops human antibodies. The company is best known for its leading role in the Pandemic Prevention Platform, PPP, a project of DARPA's Biological Technologies Office. So there you go. You have Peter Thiel now sitting on the board of Abcellera, working in partnership with Moderna, one of the major COVID vaccine companies. And Abcellera was doing work for the pandemic prevention platform through DARPA, which we've touched on here but haven't gone into depth on. Folks, while he's involved with Carbine, an Israeli military tech company, being installed in cities like New Orleans here in the United States to track COVID, while Palantir has contracts out the rear with government uh, with, with with government departments tracking COVID, and this guy is interested in taking your wife, your girlfriend, your daughter, your mother's, your nieces your granddaughter's menstrual cycle data through a MAGA influencer who purports to be against COVID and for natural life health? Are you kidding me, folks? That is the tip of the iceberg. We're going to delve into this tomorrow. When we come back from this break, we're going to get back into the transhumanist article. It's important because it lays the foundation of Peter Thiel and his involvement in this Frankenstein technology and tracking data on you while he seeks immortality for himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin the Gold Standard, and we will be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, 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 wow. I'm so glad I did that. Last minute, I decided to put that together for you. But that's a good lead-in to tomorrow's show. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain. TV slash gold over here we are exposing and analyzing and dissecting the crazy web of technocrats and transhumanists and prison planet social engineers these hackers these hijackers these pirates these thieves these criminals and these scumbags that are trying to rule over our life and are doing a pretty damn good job of it building the prison planet technology the future metaverse all around us focused on uploading your consciousness to the cloud so they can beam it back into their iron man costumes or whatever the hell they're planning to do this halloween but folks let's jump right back into the article that we were covering yesterday this is actually a very well researched article and just to remind you 
This article was originally published on The Futurist. It's by author David Gellis, G-E-L-L-E-S. He's at the New York Times now. I'm in the process of trying to reach out to him to see if we could interview him, find out if he did any other articles, any other research on this topic, because people like this are a wealth of information. Now, who knows? Some of these people may have been allowed to cover this stuff almost 15 years ago when this was published in January 2009, and now they may not be allowed to talk about it since the technocrats that they're writing about have their dirty blood money in many of the companies these people work for now. So who knows if they're allowed to cover this. But we are reaching out, and we're going to try to get a hold of him. We are in contact with another gentleman named Wesley J. Smith, who wrote... Uh, the first piece, really, on the Jared Kushner admission that he is essentially a transhumanist when he said to Richard Grinnell, uh, one of the uh, Trump uh, national security advisors, that he believes it's a good chance that he will be part of the last generation to die or the first generation to live forever. And so he wrote an article right away. I reached out to him. I see that he's done some podcasts on transhumanism over the years, and he told me that he would come on uh, to reach out when he got back from an overseas trip. So I did that, and hopefully that will be coming soon for you, because I want to start bringing guests on this show. So again, you will not find this article on the futurist. It seemed to be all dead links, uh, where people had linked up to it in other articles over the years. So I found it at, it's up on the screen, but it's, C.E. Charles Edward 399 eugenics.wordpress.com. And the title is Immortality 2.0, a Silicon Valley insider look at California's transhumanist movement. Again, written in January 2009 by David Gellis, originally published at The Futurist. And so we started going through this yesterday, and I want to finish it up. Um, so that we can move into this new Peter Thiel stuff and I can give you a giant background on him over the next few episodes because Peter Thiel is instrumental in this. And although in the venture capitalist world he is well known, some people knew of him if they were following MAGA because he was out there speaking on behalf of President Trump, but which I love, love Peter Thiel, by the way. Unbelievable guy. Little light in the loafers. Little light in the loafers. But who cares? I love loafers. I love light. Unbelievable. So great. So great. He's one of the great people. The only technocrat transhumanist to support me, except Jared, my son-in-law, who I did not know was a transhumanist at the time. Therefore, he would have been the greatest, but Peter was the greatest at the time. And there's nothing like being the greatest because it means you're great. Only greater. And then greater than greater is greatest. Unbelievable. We are going to make America great again. Again. And so it's going to be fantastic. We will do great things. We will make America great and things and everything again. Again, it's going to be phenomenal. So unbelievable. Love Peter Thiel. Great guy. Lighten the loafers. But who isn't these days? Everyone's lighting the loafers. Soy boy. Great guy. Unbelievable technocrat. Transhumanist. Love him. Hate those guys, but they're fantastic. Unbelievable. Greatest people in the world. Greatest 
trans people. Not trans like homosexual or gay or LBGTQ trans. I'm talking about, unbelievably, one of the great transhumanists. He wants to merge with robots and live forever. I want to live forever, too. So great. I push the vaccine in trade for the fountain of youth. Unbelievable. Didn't we all? So what? Here we go. Believe me. Okay. Enough of that. Enough of that. Folks, we are at the section here, artificial intelligence, artificial you. Central to the transhumanist creed is the idea that consciousness, our memories, feelings, and emotions, is not some ephemeral, uh, ethereal, unknowable thing. Rather, it is data encoded in the circuitry of our bodies. I apologize to the uh, video audience. I have a cable hanging down here, so I'm in the process of actually getting a cable that goes up to the ceiling where the camera's mounted so that it's not blocking half of my screen. And for the video audience, you probably always see me bobbing and weaving. I look like Stevie Wonder over here playing the piano or uh, Ray Charles, you know, or uh, Muhammad Ali ducking and diving in the corner. But, uh, okay, so the circuitry of our bodies. To make this point at the round table, Merkel drew on the brain as computer metaphor. Quote, the current definitions of death are basically incorrect, he said. Quote, the current systems all focus on whether the tissue is functioning. They completely ignore whether the information is still present. This is like announcing the computer is dead when you pull the plug, or even throw it out the window. Crash. Bam. Even then, while the RAM, the short-term memory is gone, the hard drive is still there, end quote. Merkel reasons that if the data is still there, encoded in the patterns of our brain tissue, it can be copied, backed up, and transferred, or as transhumanists like to call it, quote, uploaded, end quote. Okay, you see now, as we talked about Ray Kurzweil in the first few episodes of this show, and I needed to start with him because he was sort of the modern uh, philosopher, the modern brain thought leader behind this sort of modern technocracy, this modern transhumanism, um, I needed you to understand that this guy, before we went backwards and covered where a lot of this information was starting to build up, this ideology was starting to grow, influenced by people like Ray Kurzweil, but you see them right here talking about uploading the brain and growing out of this way of thinking we have elon musk brain chip we have lars butler's mind twins software and so all these technocrats end up working on projects to help advance this way of thinking this ideology and remember you have peter thiel behind musk Neuralink. you have peter thiel behind lars butler's ai foundation you have peter thiel behind these technologies that focus on immortality and mind uploading and such 
Let's continue. Uploaders believe that all the information that makes us who we are or not, uh, our knowledge, memories, habits, and secrets are data encoded in the brain. Remember, I've always said to you, they want your thoughts, they want your memories, they want your knowledge, they want to know when uh, you know you, you, you first had your first kiss, they want to know when you went to your first funeral. Like This is all the information they're trying to collect and upload into this cloud to build the AI hive mind that they've been developing and of which Elon Musk has even admitted to. Uh, I believe Dennis Bushnell did as well. So they admit to building the AI hive mind, sort of the super brain. Every interaction we already make with our smart devices, with the Internet of Things around the world, the 50, 60 billion objects, you know, all of the interaction we have with our computers on search engines, everything we upload to social media accounts, all that is being helped to build the AI hive mind. Now they, they've, the, the prize is they want to be able to actually directly tap into your brain, suck all these memories out of it, all this knowledge out of it, and upload it to this AI hive mind, uh, silicone-based neocortex that Ray Kurzweil has said that you will have access to, well, yeah, that we'll have access to, right? That's going to lay over the top of our cortex is sort of this third layer of the brain and access to the super knowledge. And that's what Musk talks about, and that's what Joe Rogan helps promote. Okay, let's continue. This information can be successfully captured Preferably by slicing the brain into razor-thin sections, then scanning them. Run on the right computer program, and voila, you are alive in the machine running like software. So see, back then, they were talking about slicing the brain up like little thin slices of a mushroom, and then scanning those sections of a mushroom to get the data out of your brain now it's advanced excuse me i had to get a drink of water now it's advanced to what elon musk is working on which is putting the thousand wires down into your brain with a thousand electrodes on each one that sucks the data up through this ai chip enabled with bluetooth to the cloud of which they said then you will get information back from the cloud that it's a two-way input output device merkel made it sound so easy never mind that the technology isn't remotely close to achieving anything like this moore's law advances steadily and the day will come Yet, even if it were possible, an immortal body and a digitized brain aren't exactly the same thing. However, the trans for transhumanists, these two speculative technologies achieve virtually the same goal. The extension of the self, or at least some version of it, biological or digital, it doesn't matter. Either is better than dying. You got that? So one is the immortal body which is these sort of nanobot Iron Man suits that Ray Kurzweil talks about. And then you have the digitized brain, which is the AI Foundation Lars Butler mind twin, a copy of your brain. But the way that the transhumanists see it is that either one, or as we see 
13 years after this article was written, they're talking about combining it, beaming your digital brain down into the non-biological suit, that for them, that will reach their goal of not dying, their quest, their thirst for immortality. And they want to be able to beat death. Remember, many of these people believe they are gods or they will become gods. Yuval Noah Harari has said that, that those who control the data will be the gods of the new era. And we'll get more into that on future episodes. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to drive further into this article. If you think this stuff is crazy, it gets even crazier. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. Listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back right here on the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and you're listening to me at Pain.tv slash gold. And here we are, folks. We get to the point, the meat of this, that these technocrats, these transhumanists, they don't care. They don't care whether they get the non-biological uh, Iron Man suit or they're going to get the digitized brain. In the end, they believe that they're going to be able to live forever. That's what it's all about for these guys, living forever, because they're sociopathic narcissists. Okay? Let's get back to this article. And so let me just clarify quickly, though. So one is if you have this dead, decaying body, but the brain is still active and you could take the body and place it inside of a robot suit, then technically you can live forever. Or if your body is dying, you can take your brain and upload it to the cloud and technically live forever in the metaverse. Or then the new ideas that come from Musk and Kurzweil is to take that brain and then download it into the Iron Man suit. Therefore, it would be your brain in some non-biological, non, uh, non-decaying, uh, you know, body, robot body. And so that's what these guys are after. Okay, let's continue here. Is the singularity near? And remember, we went over the singularity uh, through Ray's, Ray Kurzweil, and people explain it in different ways, but essentially the singularity is the point in which artificial intelligence surpasses human intelligence, and therefore humans will be forced to merge with machine, with artificial intelligence, to form sort of this symbiosis between the two. Uh Joe Rogan likes to talk about that with Musk. He'll be like, whoa, man, symbiosis, dude. Yeah, let's do psychedelics. Let's smoke a joint. Let's drink some whiskey together, man. You're freaking me out, Musk. You're so cool. I just want you to run this. I don't want the government in charge of it, man. You know what I'm talking about, folks? You've heard it. I spent two whole episodes on that. 
Okay, a close kin to uploading for transhumanists is artificial intelligence. Among the disparate groups advancing the transhumanist agenda, the Palo Alto-based Singularity Institute for Artificial Intelligence has found the most mainstream acceptance. Remember I showed you a few episodes ago that Peter Thiel was funding the Singularity Institute and he also was speaking regularly at the Singularity Summit, going all the way back to like 2006, 2007, 2008. And so he was backing this for a long time, folks. It's almost two decades. The Singularity Institute is trying to develop a general rather than task-specific artificial intelligence. It has hired a team of engineers to write code that can consider and solve a range of problems rather than just excel at one function, which is what today's artificial intelligence does. Tyler Emerson, director of the Singularity Institute, told me that In essence, what they want is a computer with a real personality. And when this happens, it will usher in what is known as the singularity. Now, remember, this is all the way back in 2009. This author, David Gels, is having these conversations with these transhumanist Frankenstein technocratic doctors and engineers and scientists. Okay, it continues. Emerson encouraged me to read The Singularity is Near, the 2003 tome by prolific inventor Ray Kurzweil that popularized the term. Okay, so there's Ray Kurzweil now being brought into this, his 2003 book, which is on my list of books we're going to review on this show, but that's going to take a while. Because each book I'm going to review is going to take like 10 or 12 episodes. And so what I might do, because I don't want to really necessarily drop those in the public podcast because people might start to get bored. And so I might put those over at pain.tv or create a separate podcast channel where those who are really interested in hearing me read and analyze Klaus Schwab's 2016 book, The Force Industrial Revolution. Um, or Yuval uh, Yuval Noah Harari's book, Sapien, or the 1995 uh, manifesto called Industrial Society and Its Future. So we're going to figure that out over with uh, Commander Payne and see what he thinks, get his input, get Maria Albanese's input. But here we go, right? So the singularity wrote Kurzweil is, quote, a future period during which the pace of technological change will be so rapid, its impact so deep, that human life will be irreversibly transformed, end quote. Like Huxley's original definition of transhumanism, it's an imprecise vision. But Kurzweil gets more detail, predicting certain milestones on the march to singularity. Remember, Kurzweil later becomes the chief engineer at Google, and Google is doing all kinds of stuff like mind-reading technology and everything else. The impossibility of knowing what the singularity will look like, let alone if it will ever come about, makes it fertile ground for daydreaming. It also makes it easy to dismiss as pure fantasy. In the best scenarios, machines smarter than humans might solve problems we find insurmountable, things like world hunger and the need for renewable energy. The singularity could put humanity on the fast track to utopia. 
Ultimately, Kurzweil says, intelligence will expand into space at the speed of light. Remember the little clip I showed you yesterday of Joe Rogan with Brian Callen. Rogan was echoing this exact stuff about the singularity, you know, putting humanity on the fast track to utopia and curing hunger and curing climate change and everything else. So as I told you, Joe Rogan is part of normalizing and humanizing transhumanism and the technocracy. And I hate to tell you that, but I mean, I guess if, if you want to live in a prison planet, Rogan is your guy. And uh, apparently he's also in the process of getting people thrown off Spotify who have uh, hurt his image or challenged him or taken away some of his viewers. I don't know if that's true. I just heard it yesterday. I'm not really going to waste my time looking into that, but you might want to. So, like DeGray, Kurzweil is something of a guru in the community. The singularity is now the most popular of transhumanist ideas. Kurzweil's book is being adapted into a movie and is now a buzzword in tech circles. And again, that's the movie that I want to review, kind of do a watch party with you guys on pain.tv slash gold, and then we'll have uh, sort of a Zoom discussion about it with all of you who um, sign up to watch it. And so I actually have not seen it. And I said, you know what, I'd rather watch it live with you guys, and then we can talk about it. So it says, many transhumanists I met toted dog-eared copies of his book in their backpacks. Okay, this section is titled Sing, uh, Singular, <laughs> Singularitarian Hopes and Fears. In his book, lectures, and various media appearances and interviews, Ray Kurzweil repeats many of the same optimistic scenarios popular amongst transhumanists. Technology will one day free the world, if not from poverty, sickness, and death, then at least from fossil fuels. He forecasts that by the end of the 2030s, we will augment our thinking capacity with cybernetic implants, that's the Neuralink brain chip, becoming radically more intelligent, and will have cured many of the world's most common illnesses through personalized medicine. Folks, you're seeing that now with mRNA and DNA-modifying injections. I mean, that was part of COVID, obviously, was the beginning of normalizing and humanizing and introducing these terms into the lexicon, Right, And some of the guests and doctors who you think were supposed to be anti-COVID on Joe Rogan's show were actually there to push the beginning of this personalized medicine, these DNA-modifying injections, where these doctors start to talk about, well, COVID uh, mRNA stuff was bad, but if we could modify your DNA, we could repair all your problems. You can read articles from some of the scientists at CRISPR-Cas9, that's the genetic modification software who've actually said isn't it going to be a great day when you don't have to worry about inheriting the genes from your mom and dad you can just have those repaired and replaced using crispr cas9 type technology 
This continues. An article general, uh, an artificial general intelligence, thousands of times smarter than the hu- entire human race, will emerge by the 2040s. And folks, you could see this is going back to 2009. And with everything we've covered so far, you could see that they're actually advancing this. It's not like this was some kind of a dream back in 2009. And now it's like it's stalled and it died. No, they're moving forward. They've been moving forward. They're marching at warp speed, really. Kurzweil perceives some dangers to technological acceleration. Just as the singularity could go very well, it could also go very badly. Remember, Peter Thiel had said it's either going to create uh, a boom of investment opportunities or a boom that would blow up the world, right? I told you, they always have to like sound like they're reasoned while they are the ones actually architecting, engineering, researching, developing, building, manufacturing this technology while also saying they're warning of it and they have to be the governors that oversee it on the governing councils that they establish uh, while they're getting money from the government and then asking the government to help them oversee the technology that they are building. Nanotech technology gone awry could disassemble everything on earth reducing the world to gray goo machines empowered by artificial intelligence might seize control of the world's arms and turn them against humans well folks that's why i keep bringing back up peter thiel's backed ai foundation's founder lars butler who wrote a detailed piece 42 reasons why we need to build ai autonomous killer robots And meanwhile, they also put out there that, wait, these uh, autonomous artificial intelligence weapons could be turned against humans. Yeah, really? Really? Of course that could happen. Of course that's probably the plan. It goes on to say a cyborg army might decide to wipe out the human race. As Kurzweil's ideas, both the optimistic and the cautious ones, gain greater audience, doomsday scenarios have been spreading amongst transhumanist circles. The nascent preoccupation with the apocalypse has affected the movement for the worse, Max Moore told me. Quote, the singularity concept to me is quite dangerous, end quote, he said. Quote, it has a very strong religious resonance. Folks, we cannot get into that on this podcast, not on the public side. But trust me, I promise you, I will be talking about that in the future. Uh, First, I have to build some more steam with the show, and then I have to weigh the risks, and then figure out how I can talk about it. But We'll eventually get into this. It continues, uh, this is Max Moore speaking, I've never been a fan of it, talking about the singularity, end quote. Moore is now leery of the movement he helped spawn. Quote, the mood today is less exuberant. It's become more gloomy, end quote, he said. Moore fears that today's transhumanists are too preoccupied with the singularity and its potentially adverse effects. Quote, they have this tendency towards apocalyptic thinking. It can be a very dangerous thing. End 
quote. Folks, we are nearing the end of the world. No, we are not. We are nearing the break, which I'm about to take right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold. And when we get back, we are going to finish plowing through this article because every second of this show, you are getting smarter and smarter and smarter as I am downloading this super intelligence into your mere mortal human brain. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to pain.tv slash gold. We will be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, downloading the technocratic plans for the prison planet into your human mind to make you smarter and more aware of the dangers of the transhumanists and the technocrats. Folks, let's continue with this article right here. As we ended, it said, quote, And this is uh, Moore speaking, Max Moore. Quote, they have this tendency towards apocalyptic thinking, talking about the folks that support singularity at this time back in 2009. He says it could be a very dangerous thing. End quote. It continues to say the Singularity Institute's Emerson caution, quote, for those of us who don't believe in God, this is sort of religion. This is sort of religion. And as I've told you, these guys are playing God. Some of them believe they are gods. There are many podcasters out there who talk about conspiracies and conspiracy theories, even getting into Bigfoot and stuff like that, who at the same time sort of glorify this idea of spirituality, which is fine, but sort of planting this seed in your head that you are your own God. Now, I don't know. You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be whatever. You do you. I'm not about to fight with people over their religion. But I will say that once humans take on this idea that they are their own God, it sort of ends the concept of civility and morality within society itself. It sort of ends the idea of genders, these transhumanists, these technocrats, these futurists, these sort of new age folks will start to tell you that everything is sort of you know, just a social construct like Deepak Chopra talks about. And so once you devolve humanity down to the fact that everyone is a god, of which there are certain sects of certain religions that believe this, I believe, if I'm correct, that Jared Kushner may be involved in that, which I cannot get into here. I better watch myself. Um, you you start to see here, if you, there's a difference between helping yourself, channeling energy into yourself, working hard, going out there, making it, being prosperous and succeeding, and then believing you're God. Uh, Because then being God gives you dominion over others. It gives you power over others. And so when everyone is running around believing they are God, 
not that they came from something else, respecting that there's some kind of natural force out there, a natural world, then everyone becomes selfish and self-centered and everyone becomes sociopathic and narcissistic as we're seeing happen across the world, especially in Western society. And so there you go. You know, Singularity Institute's Emerson, Singularity Institute funded by Peter Thiel towards the beginning. Uh, Peter Thiel speaking at the Singularity Summit. Backing this organization, being involved with transhumanism, and this guy Emerson from Singularity Institute out there saying, for those of us that don't believe in God, saying he doesn't believe in God, this is sort of a religion for them. It goes on to say, any resemblance between transhumanism and apocalyptic Christianity is not something the movement devotees are looking to convey. The vast majority are atheists. If you believe in heaven, you don't, believe, you don't need radical life extension. But some transhumanists have reported their own conversion experiences. Michael Gusick, an engineer developing AI systems for a major Silicon Valley contractor, learned about transhumanism recently and was hooked, quote, I heard what it was all about, and the light of purpose went on, he said. Quote, I started reading the literature, and I not only discovered my purpose, but discovered what the nature of the universe is. Okay, so this guy's saying, I not only discovered my own purpose, but discovered what the nature of the universe is. It sounds cultish, does it not? But if you take Emerson from the Singularity Institute, backed by Peter Thiel, he's sitting there telling you that it's a religion to them. The article continues here to our favorite transhumanist of the moment, Peter Thiel. It says, uh, when I asked Peter Thiel if transhumanism were a religion, he offered a cryptic answer, quote, every myth on this planet tells people that the purpose of life is death, end quote. Thiel said to this author in 2009, quote, it rationalizes death. It helps them deal with it. Every temple is a tomb and every tomb a temple. If you have a set of technologies that radically changes the meaning of death, then that has repercussions for religion. These questions touch on our very humanity, end quote. So see, Thiel comes back in there with like challenging the concepts of religion and this idea of the cycle of life and death. And that he wants to very much challenge it. See, a lot of these guys in the technology sector are considered to be, or they want to be considered to be, disruptors. Where they come in and they have a disrupting technology. Someone close to me worked for a man named Jeffrey Citron, who was like a billionaire under 40 years old. And Jeffrey Citron had already done a few projects that made him pretty famous. Uh, he had his securities license yanked by the government for doing like insider trading. And then he developed a platform, which was one of the first uh, trading platforms that operated on the millisecond. And so Jeffrey Citron went on to found uh, Vonage. If some of you remember, it was the first or Labeled as the first voiceover internet protocol company. Do, 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 do. They were like orange, like uh, that cell company Singular that AT&T merged with. And so Citron 
was very proud of the fact that he was considered to be a, a, a disruptive technology sort of titan. Because Vonage was the first uh, company to sort of challenge and break up how the telephone had worked really since the advent of telephones. And when he created this voice over internet protocol phone, it forced, you know, AT&T, Comcast and others to have to come along for the ride and start offering um, telephone service and telecommunication service in a different way. And so what... Peter Thiel and these other technocrats, the way I see it, is they want to be disruptors of humanity and disruptors of human evolution and disruptors of the human race altogether. Now, if we are to believe at least what we learned in our history books, I think there was another person in history that kind of came before these guys even though they started back in like the 20s but at this level you know with disrupting humanity and the human race the human species through genetic modification through technology through artificial intelligence through super humans and super soldiers and such and i can't i can't remember his name but i think it uh rhymes with adolf hitler (laughs) and rhymes with Adolf Hitler. And surprisingly, there are some folks, as we've talked about, like Yuval Noah Harari, Henry Kissinger, George Soros, and others that have funded a lot of the technology that goes behind this transhumanist, anti-human, eugenics-based technocracy, whose families were supposedly in camps you know, being tortured and murdered by, uh, what's his name? Peter Thiel? No, I'm sorry, Adolf Hitler. And so you see right there in his own words, Peter Thiel in 2009, challenging the very concept of sort of God, of a creator of humanity itself to push humanity beyond its limits, which means the end of the human race. Okay, that's what it means. So let's continue now that I gave you my thoughts on Thiel in sort of uh, a cryptic fashion, as the author says that Thiel gave his thoughts to him on humanity and life in a very cryptic fashion. This is uh, a rejuvenation of techno-optimism. After DeGray talked to Ismail's employees at Brickhouse, he wanted a beer. Remember, we started out the article there. We walked out into a sunny winter afternoon and soon found a microbrewery called the 21st Amendment. Inside, we settled into a wooden booth, and DeGray ordered a pint of chocolate-colored lager called Darkness. Wow, that's racist, and that probably is banned by now. You can't drink a chocolate beer called Darkness. Quote, looks dangerous, quote, he said with a smile, leaning across the sticky table, his long beard reaching his lap. DeGray tried to color his quest as a compassionate one. Quote, it's not about the fact that aging kills people and takes lives. It's about the fact that aging kills people really horribly, end quote. He told the author, quote, if you talk about immortality, people have this horrifying knee-jerk reaction against it. But if you talk about keeping your health, no one argues with that. 
So I focus on health. Let's stay healthy for a while, and that's good. If it keeps on, then there's this side effect. We live forever, end quote. Let me interject there for a moment, folks. So you have this technocrat, DeGray, this transhumanist, saying to the author back in 2009 that if you talk about health, no one gets freaked out. There's no creep factor in bringing in the discussion of immortality. So you talk about health. Now, what is Peter Thiel actively doing right now with the company 28 that I showed you at the beginning of the show? He's talking about women's health, natural health, following the menstrual cycle and getting you If you're a female or if you're a male, your wife, your girlfriend, your daughter, your granddaughter, your mother, whatever, to upload their personal health information connected to their menstrual cycle to Peter Thiel, the transhumanist technocrat, through the guise of doing it through a health influencer who's supposedly against COVID while Thiel is running the COVID prison planet and working on medical technologies with Moderna, one of the leading forces in the mRNA, quote-unquote, vaccine. The other part right here is he's talking about the side effect of good health would be living forever. Well, that's how Kurzweil started to put it, you know, repairing your health with all these vitamins and minerals to reach the point where then you inject yourself with nanobots to reach the point where then you upload your mind to the cloud. You see, All of this is coming together, folks. Everything I do has a purpose. Sometimes I sound a little crazy, but I am bringing you to the promised land. I promise you that. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, we will continue with this article. We need to finish this up today. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Hello, my fellow natural humans. It is I, Dustin Gold, your fearless leisure, as we battle the technocrats and expose the transhumanists right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv slash gold join us over there for the uh ad free video version of the podcast folks i think it's like i don't even know where mike came up with these numbers it's like eight dollars and fifty cents a month it should just be ten dollars because right now we are up against the technocrats i don't know what's going on but i obviously talk a lot about peter thiel who is behind a number of these uh, video and podcast platforms. And obviously, I'm not too friendly to um, Joe Rogan, who's helped launch a lot of podcasters. But I am the type of person that if I can't tell the truth, you know, very much like Maria Albanese, if I can't tell the truth, then I don't really want to do the show. I'm not in this to just string you along and to entertain you, although I make it entertaining mixed with the Enlightenment so that you stay engaged while I'm teaching you about very dark subjects, but subjects that you obviously are interested in and need to know about 
if you want any chance of navigating this matrix in the future or teaching your children how to navigate this matrix in their lives. And so I don't know what's going on there. Eventually, this may not be on the public side, and it may go behind the pain.tv paywall and maybe at that time we'll figure out a way to do this uh in tiers where you can just get access to the show but it's it's not anytime soon i hope but we're starting to see some movement from the podcast platform rulers that are limiting some of the features and stuff that we had before so i don't know i'm just telling you pain.tv slash gold is where i will be living for a while i am working on another website it's going to take a bit of time, but uh, I built uh, many sites in the past for many different content creators. I'm a good web developer, so uh, which, by the way, if you need any web development work, feel free to contact me. Uh, I like to take on side projects sometimes that have nothing to do with this stuff because it gives me a break from delving deep into the world of the technocracy. And so, uh, but yeah, we're building a site and we're going to try to track all the technocrat, all the transhumanist news. And then depending on what happens at pain.tv slash gold, if Commander Payne over there can get some live streaming working where I can start to do uh, some live shows for you, then it'll be there. If not, uh, and it doesn't fit into the tech that he has on that platform, I will build it into my platform. But again, it's going to take a while. It costs me money to do this kind of stuff, and I have to be really careful because I have a baby on the way, and I can't spend on things that are not going to uh, bring me a return, and um, my wife will kill me. So I can't do that. I'm 41. I've lived my life as sort of an entrepreneur involved with a million projects, and now I just have to be more selective on what I'm doing. Okay, let's jump back into this article. Enough of my personal rambling. Um, Here we go. It was not long after lunch, and DeGray ordered a second pint of beer. Ooh, this transhumanist uh, robot man likes to drink, huh? He likes to tip the old glass. His tongue looser now, a ring of foam clinging to his beard. He told me about transhumanism in Silicon Valley. Quote, this sort of crowd seemed to be the easiest to enthuse, he said. Quote, they have the money and the mindset. They haven't accepted death as an inevitability. It's a feedback loop. A year ago, Peter Thiel gave me a lot of money. So I've been coming back. Peter has a lot of friends who also have similar interests in money. It's a rejuvenation of techno-optimism. End quote. Folks, there we go. There we go. So we have this DeGray, this transhumanist scientist, having a couple of beers and running his mouth, telling the author of this 2009 futurist piece, the Teal was giving him some money and Teal's friends who have similar interest in this transhumanist ideology were tossing him money. I wonder if Teal will give us money over here. <laughs> I have an interest in transhumanism. I have an interest in turning people away from it. It's not a very profitable endeavor, but geez. After my conversation with DeGray, I called up Thiel and asked him why he supported transhumanism. At first, Theo qualified 
his involvement as sort of a pet project that shouldn't be taken too seriously. Right, right. At this time, he was funding the Singularity Institute and was uh, speaking at their summits. But don't worry, it shouldn't be taken too seriously. Quote, there's always this big question about how much of this is too bizarre to be affiliated with. End quote. Of course, go forward, folks. He's involved with taking young people's blood and injecting it into older people possibly his own body how bizarre is that but we live in bizarro world we live in clown world we live in this high school theater production of covid land the great reset and the false industrial revolution i apologize folks i have the hiccups now (laughs) there we go Thiel's acknowledgement that for all of transhumanism's ambition it lacked a certain grounding in the real uh, world, was a rare, even refreshing departure from the tyrannical optimism that rules most transhumanist conversations. But any hope that Thiel might be more forthcoming about the ethical ramifications of transhumanism or provide some further insight into the true motivations of transhumanists like himself faltered as his, uh, as his tone changed. Thiel became assertive, defending transhumanism and his involvement with it in the same breath. Quote, we're living in this world where science and technology are growing at a tremendous clip. These technologies are being developed and we're going to have to deal with them. Again, folks, it's like Musk on Joe Rogan. It's coming. It's dangerous. I'll be in charge of it. If you don't do it and you don't merge with it, you're going to be left behind. Deepak Chopra goes out there and says that this is survival of the fittest, has transformed to survival of the wisest. And basically, if you don't get on board with this technology, you will go extinct. Okay, so Thiel is saying this back in 2009. Assertive. These technologies are being developed and we're going to have to deal with them. Well, they're being developed because people like him were funding them. Of course, we know that the CIA and NQTEL are behind Peter Thiel. So is he a puppet of the government and our own government is actually funding transhumanism and the technocracy? Well, of course they are. Of course they are. The government is what rolled out Operation Warp Speed under President Trump and used the military to force COVID land, the high school theater production, down our throats which was the Great Reset for the Fourth Industrial Revolution to bring us into the Fourth Industrial Era. It's all there for you folks, all right out in the open. Thiel's defensive optimism is characteristic of transhumanists. They are eager to see how far technology can go and not inclined to spend much time worrying about any potential ramifications. Eric Boyd, another fresh-faced member Uh, At the roundtable meetup, he wore a t-shirt that said, fight aging, asked me, what if you could take a pill that gave you extra muscle mass? You'd never have to go to the gym again. Would you take it? And the author asked, like steroids? And Boyd says, but with no side effects. What if there were perfectly legal enhancements that caused no harm? Only good, question mark. 
The author did not have a quick answer for Boyd. A perfect body would sure be nice, but would I appreciate it as much as if I didn't sweat for it? And even if my muscles were toned, wouldn't I find other imperfections to complain about? Could a pill cure human nature? What about a pill like many of the podcasters sell? Blue Chew. Like Viagra. I think we did a Trump parody with that. Blue Chew. Unbelievable. It's like Viagra, but in a chewable form. Right? As, and, and listen, I don't have the answers to this. A lot of this stuff makes me think. It makes me think about personally where I would draw the line. Not necessarily where society should draw the line because I don't have control over society. But what type of medical enhancements, what type of life extension enhancements, what kind of, you know, brain power enhancements am I willing to be involved with? What am I willing to take to supplement? You know, what am I willing to do? I don't know. I mean, these are great questions for us here at the Dust and Gold Standard. It says, as Boyd, as, uh, Boyd chewed away, I couldn't help wonder what was wrong with life as it is. All flaws aside, the world is pretty miraculous. Who knows what might happen if we began tampering with it? I hadn't come up with an answer when Boyd said, quote, well, I would, talking about taking this muscle mass enhancer. The next section is immortality detractors. As the transhumanist community has become more visible, it's also won its share of critics. Some bioethics uh, bioethicists worry that tampering with the human body may irreversibly screw up our genetic composition. Folks, think about what I just talked about, I think, in the last segment. Um, we've got Cas9, CRISPR, right? Genetic modification. We haven't gotten into that in depth on this show, but we will. We have now these personalized DNA modifying injections that guests on Joe Rogan's show have talked about, as well as in other places. So we have mRNA, still questionable whether it modifies human DNA. I have my own opinions and thoughts on that. We'll do a show on that soon. Uh, like I said, I don't like to get too heavy into COVID itself. Uh, one, it gets you banned. And two, Mike Moore has done a fantastic job the last two years covering it, along with Maria Albanese. So I don't want to double up on the content. But you have uh, you know, these questions. Is it going to screw up our genetic composition? Well, is it going to end humanity altogether? You know, uploading the brain and building nanobot robot suits and injecting ourselves with shots every five minutes. Boosters, shoving daily testing Q-tips up our nose into our brain. What is all this about? What is all this doing? What is the goal? We are dealing with anti-humanists. They call themselves transhumanists. I call them anti-humanists. Anyone who is out to re-engineer and change humanity is obviously against humanity. It's pretty clear cut. And if you're trying to engineer humans away from being humans, you can't call yourself a humanist, as Lars Butler calls himself. At least they call themselves transhumanists, but that's not even what it is. They're transcending humanity to something else, to become robot gods. That's what they're doing, folks. It continues to say, in enough, staying human in an engineered age, 
the Times Books 2003, environmentalist Bill McKiblin argues against enhancement and life extension. Conservative pundit Francis Fukuyama called transhumanism, quote, the world's most dangerous idea, end quote, in the journal Foreign Policy, elaborating, quote, the first victim of transhumanism might be equality. How about the first victim of transhumanism might be humanity? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to finish this article up right when I get back. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and we are right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv slash gold. Come and join us over at Payne.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to finish up this wonderful article that was first printed and the Futurist in 2019, written by David Gellis, folks. It is a gem. I mean, I hope you've learned a lot from this article. I learned a lot from it. It gave me a lot, a lot, a lot of breadcrumbs and rabbit holes to start going down to look into more of the players that were behind this movement. And specifically, and we'll get into shortly, uh, whether or not the Operation Paperclip Nazis were involved with the building up of Silicon Valley right after World War II. But let's continue here. And I'm going to pull this article back up for our video viewers at pain.tv slash gold. So, ladies and gentlemen, we ended um, right before the break with a quote from uh, Francis Fukuyama who said uh, the first victim of transhumanism might be equality. Well, of course, equality, but there's no insured equality anyway. As uh, Musk has said, and Joe Rogan has said, you saw that in the clip yesterday that we played with Brian Callen, the comedian uh, and actor, uh, that Rogan was saying that, uh, imagine if you could put the brain chip in your head, augment your brain and make better investments than other people and make a bunch of money. Elon Musk has said that the people who have it will have sort of greater powers. Ray Kurzweil has said this as well. Dennis Bushnell of NASA has said this, that we're going to augment the human brain. And so will there be a problem with equality? Will there be a super smart group of people and a super stupid group of people? Yeah, but it's different than the differences between humans. Okay, because you will have this immortal God class who has access to the AI hive mind, which includes mine and yours, all of our knowledge, all of our memories, all of our thoughts, all of our feelings uploaded into the AI hive mind and beamed down to them as a third layer of their brain. And then we will be the slave class. So, yeah, equality would be the problem. But the victim of transhumanism will be humanity itself because you're engineering humans out of existence. That's the point. Whether they make a hybrid, a cyborg, or a full robot with a human mind in it, that's the end of humanity whatsoever. And when you read these people's own words, they don't really seem to love humanity. I don't think so. 
I hate a lot of humans. I find them to be quite annoying. I go out in public and I'm like, Jesus, Bill Gates, hurry up. When is that shot, that jab, that booster going to kick in? But I don't actually want that to happen. I actually pray for the people that I think were suckered into taking something backed by the government, pushed by President Trump and President Joe Biden. And at worst, it was an experimental vaccine. I mean, at best, it was an experimental vaccine. Sorry, at worst, it's something much more nefarious. And so I pray for those people, especially those around me, you know, friends of the show and others who had to take it because of work or had to take it because they needed to travel or for whatever reason, maybe they thought it was going to help them. And it turns out to be something bad. I hope I'm wrong. I hope all of us are wrong. And then it turns out that it was nothing. It was harmless. But uh, based on studies and stuff that we're seeing now, it doesn't seem to be. At least it didn't protect these people from COVID. Many people, the majority, the vast majority of people around me who got the jab and or boosters ended up with really bad COVID. And they sit there and they tell you that, well, imagine what would happen if I didn't have the vaccine. Well, I'm not vaccinated or boosted and never been tested, and I've never had COVID, haven't been sick this entire time. So I don't know. Maybe that's just me. This is anecdotal. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen? If the goal is mass depopulation or to turn everyone into some kind of drone that lives in the metaverse, you know, or to inject these nanobots into people's bodies like guinea pigs, this, the nanobots that Ray Kurzweil and Musk and others talk about. I mean, maybe these guys use this as an opportunity to do that. I don't know. We're only analyzing articles and white papers and speeches by the very people that are in charge of the world, that socially engineer society, that push forward these psychological operations that back all of these Silicon Valley companies that put their money behind people like Thiel, who then passes it out to people that work at the Singularity Institute. I mean, these this is reality, what we're covering. So anyone out there who doesn't believe that maybe these guys did something horrible to them, you know, they just don't know. It's very difficult information for people to grasp. That's why I try to break it down here. All right, let's finish this article up. Even assuming life enhancement one day proves not only possible but safe, not everyone wants to live forever. What transhumanists see as unalienable rights, others see as affronts to human nature. Richard Hayes, executive director of the Oakland-based Center for Genetics and Society, worries that transhumanism could usher in new high-tech eugenics. And we brought that up several times. As enhancements become available and only the wealthy can afford them, an ever-wider wedge will divide society's haves and have-nots. There's a running theme for you there, the haves and have-nots, as Commander Payne at the, the Thomas Payne podcast brings up all the time, that this is a war between the haves and the have-nots, that all of the guys on the have side are on one team, and all of us, we're divided, but we are on the other team. We just don't know it. Folks, there's a great line in Gangs of New York where one of the elites is uh, playing pool billiards. 
and he kind of giggles and he says uh, the greatest thing about the poor is that you can always pay half of them to kill the other half well they always have us the have-nots divided and fighting with each other over class over race over gender over ethnicity religion politics we're always fighting always battling over sports all of this stuff on social media they drive us into these echo chambers these little personalized uh, sort of pick your own adventure worldview but we always end up fighting and while the haves are taking more and more control while the haves are working to eliminate humanity they have the have-nots all of us fighting and divided and we will never get together it just won't happen they're very good at it and so the article continues quote at what point do we start thinking of each other as humans and subhumans quote he wondered quote or humans and superhumans or humans and transhumans end quote folks <sighs> let me just break this down for you because it's very important so the word subhumans you sort of have that tied to you know hitler saying that uh, the jews the enemy of the you know people that were considered to be uh mentally retarded or physically challenged were first eliminated then the jews calling them subhumans and there's a sect within that other side that believes that of people that are not part of that sect and one day we'll get into that but there's lots of groups like that lots of sort of extremist orthodox versions of certain religions that believe that other classes outside of that sect of that religion are subhuman and so i wonder sometimes if some of these people behind this movement are part of that organization I know Jared Kushner is part of one of them. Yuval Noah Harari, who sits there and says, we're going to face this class of useless humans. Useless humans. And those of us that control the data will be the gods of the new era. You have no spirit. You have no free will. You have no soul. You are a hackable animal. Well, a hackable animal is a subhuman. You have no spirit. You have no soul. You have no free will. That's a subhuman. Well, they may actually look at humans as the subhumans, sub to them which they believe are gods are going to become gods, or they're just building the technology right now to allow themselves to transition into becoming gods. And therefore, the humans are actually sub beneath them. So they would be the gods, we would be the cockroaches. I mean, you have to take their own words, folks. Yuval Harari is like a king philosopher of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. So when he speaks, he has influence. He wields power within that community. People listen to him. He sits down with the richest, most wealthy, most powerful people in the world and spouts this stuff, and they take it in, and they clap for him. It continues to say overpopulation is a concern of many critics as well. If everyone's living forever, won't the earth get crowded pretty quickly? I brought this up to you before. The same people that are developing this technology who are backing this ideology are the same ones who talk about overpopulation, going back even to Henry Kissinger in a piece he wrote in the 1970s that was disseminated at the highest levels of world government. So they can't allow 7.6 billion people to live forever. 
at least if they're going to let them produce children, right? Because then the world would be overpopulated. Otherwise, everything is going to be completely engineered. There will be no natural climate of which they claim they want climate change policies to return us back to natural life when in fact they're actually hijacking the climate so they can do geoengineering and such. Everything they want is going to be this fake metaverse technocracy. It'll all be synthetic. They want software uploaded into everything down to the last mosquito, which they've genetically modified mosquitoes now. So they're moving quickly. It continues to say, how will our already strained natural resources hold up? Transhumanists respond that people will still die via car accidents and the like, and that technological advances will solve problems like finite energy, scarce food, and a warming globe. Now, the dying in the car accident, that's not true, folks. That's not true. Because if your brain is living inside of a non-biological Iron Man suit, if you get in a car accident, if there are even cars and you're not just flying around in your Iron Man suit, you wouldn't die in that car accident. While Hayes said he thinks many items on the transhumanist agenda, like cryonics and uploading, are patently impossible, which is not true. I mean, the cryonics may be, but the uploading is happening. He doesn't underestimate the harm that the misuse of advanced genetic technologies poses. Quote, I think the transhumanists and a lot of these Silicon Valley types are just like a bunch of 14-year-old boys, and you just don't want 14-year-old boys running the world, end quote, Hayes said. Yeah, but not really, because they have billions of dollars and they're backed by the United States government. So you might think they're 14-year-old boys, but they've been put into these positions as these puppet oligarchs of Silicon Valley, of the government's technology programs. He went on to voice concern about the transhumanist very motivations, quote, the seriousness with which they want to live forever, the fear of dying. It's very disturbing, quote, uh, Hayes told me, the author. Quote, I think the prospect of immortality is awful. One pity them. Uh, I pity them. They are going to spend their whole lives thinking they will live forever. That's tragic. Life is a mystery and death is part of it. End quote. Of course, now you have Jared Kushner on board with this, with transhumanism. I mean, top advisor to Trump. I mean, l- let's try to figure out now where Trump went wrong. I mean, he was listening to Jared Kushner. We always thought that was a bad idea, but now we really know it was. Such skepticism of transhumanism is arguably natural. At the deepest level, living forever interferes with everything we understand about the world. Many would say the cycle of life and death is harmonious, even beautiful. But such concerns may not matter anymore. As Peter Thiel had told me, quote, It's hard to extrapolate where exactly it's going. But I think people are underestimating the scope of this change in the longer term. At the end of the day, I'm not sure there really is a choice. End quote. From Peter Thiel, folks. It's hard to extrapolate where exactly it's going, but I think people are underestimating the scope of this change in the longer term. At the end of the day, I'm not sure there really is a choice. Is there a choice? When these people, backed by the CIA, backed by our government, when these people built up Silicon Valley, when they are the ones that are moving forward this transhumanist agenda, 
moving forward the technocratic prison planet on behalf of the government, the most powerful force in the world. Governments can destroy corporations in the snap of your fingers. Governments can shut down the country. Governments can enforce vaccines at gunpoint. Governments control all of law and order, all of the court system. And when they are backing these technocratic puppets, these oligarchs, can it really be stopped? Can it be stopped? You see Peter Thiel back there in 2009, and you see him today helping lead contact tracing on behalf of the government, pushing forward with new COVID chemicals. I mean, these people are behind everything. They are the forces that are driving transhumanism and the technocracy forward. And as we may find out in future episodes, that Silicon Valley with over 500 companies entangled with the CIA via InQtel, the CIA's investment arm, also backed with FBI, NSA, and DOD money. With these Silicon Valley companies partnered with the IRS, Health and Human Services, Homeland Security, and such, how can it be stopped? How can it be stopped when the very people that are saying it's inevitable are the very ones backed by our own government, with our own money, with our tax dollars, to build the prison planet around us. Folks, I don't have the answer to that, but we will figure it out eventually. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this show. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. Join us over at pain.tv slash gold. I'll be looking out for you. Have a wonderful day. I love you all. See you later. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.